Welcome back to the Colt Classic Podcast. What's up, everybody? Cameron Jones here, always with. Wait, is Jordan here? I'm here, guys. Jordan Jones. Oh, he's okay. <laughs> right now, what we're having is a failure to communicate. I, sh- I, okay. I shouldn't have done it so early. We're back. Uh, we're doing our first, I think, Prison Break movie. We're doing our second Prison Break movie. What was our first Prison Break movie? Check out our episode on Con Air. Oh, that's true. Kind of. And Escape from New York, I guess, is sort of a little like that. Uh, We're doing the 1967 film, Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke is the story of troubled World War something veteran, Luke, uh, and his journey in the correction facility and him raging against the man. He's got a problem with authority, but damn if I don't respect him. Luke is a rebel with a cause? It seems like Luke is a rebel without a cause. No, it seems like he's angry. Well, we know that much. He's angry at the world. He's a world shaker. Directed by Stuart Rosenberg. Also directed the Amityville Horror, Paul Newman, George Kennedy, Lou Antonio, Joe Van Fleet. Dennis Hopper's definitely in there. He's in there. He's in here. He's in here. J.D. Cannon, Robert Drivis. It's got Technicolor and just about as tan as actors can get. It's true. A laid-back Southern man is sentenced to two years in real prison, but refuses to conform. Luke Jackson is a cool, gutsy prisoner in a Southern chain gang. Cool hand Luke. What do you think? Is this a cult classic? No, this is just a classic movie. It's uh, It has big actors, directors. It was up for Oscars, won Oscars. So, no, this is just a classic movie. Yeah, it's 100% classic. But I will say this. I think that as time goes on, classic movies before a certain era will become not cult classics, but kind of cult genre. How many people do you know that watch classic movies anymore? That's an in- interesting point just um as time passes by, maybe like that will be its own cult classic. Well, I mean, just film styles change throughout the ages, and I, I mean, like just yeah, the modernization. Yeah, like it's right. so much slower pace that like it is just a kind of a different experience to watch this. That and like right. a lot of like late sixties, seventies are like more a little more avant garde, a little more artsy too. So I mean, I think anything kind of in that era is also catering to like a cult, maybe. Yeah, this definitely falls into the genre of. Uh, late 60s, sticking it to the man, you know. Yeah. I mean, Dennis Hopper's in it once again. <laughs> Dennis Hopper's it. in it, but you've got like, you've got this anti authority movies. You've got this Bonnie and Clyde later on, Easy Rider. They kind of, the, even though they're very different in the story and their genres, it, it's like the themes are kind of still the same. Oh, no. I mean, overall, probably more classic, but I mean, like, it could kind of bleed that way just because, like, we're saying, just. The, the aging of it and the 60s kind of... I know by definition they're not cult movies, but no. I think Hollywood classics are niche, if that makes more sense. Uh, so, no, just a classic. Moving on to likes. <laughs> and, and favorite. Uh-oh. Oh, we're going left to right. Left to right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's try it again. Likes and favorite passports. Like some favorite aspects, uh, just the fact that like anytime they had to take their shirt off, I don't know. Like anytime they had to ask for boss the boss, to, hey, b- boss going around the corner, boss, uh, <laughs> coming coming towards you, boss. 
That's kind of a favorite aspect of mine. Just that that well, one. That little uh Piccadillo. Uh mine honestly just is how cool uh Luke is, but more so I mean um uh, yes. just mostly how cool Paul Newman is. How how just fucking dreamy his eyes are and sweetie he looks in this movie. Could not agree more. Yeah, it's a dreamboat. It's it's uh it's a good vehicle for him. It's a starring vehicle. Not a very dialogue-heavy role. Uh, the smile montage that they do, like like at toward, towards the end of the movie, is amazing. Where it's just it really is. I'm like, oh, I guess he was only smiling. I don't know if I'll explain this for my favorite, uh, or for my like, or my favorite aspect. The movie, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit to get into, but by the second half of the movie, when Luke's escaping the whole time, it really builds into like such a captivating watch. At the True. beginning of, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. But around the first hour mark, everything after that, I'm like, we got we got ourselves it's get, here. It's 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 kind of after the fight scene when you're like, oh okay, this is a little interesting. When he just keeps getting back up, and you're gonna have to kill me for sure. I'm not I'm not saying nobody else could do this role, but Paul Newman feels. I mean, you, it's easy to say that with any classic movie like this, but he seems perfect for the role. But it takes that kind of like character that has to embody it. Like there are people like I have free casting, I think could, could today, but it is like it's a character that they have to have a little bit of weight to him. Mm-hmm. That if people played it similar to him, it I, it would just be a different movie. So I guess this is going to sound boring, but my favorite aspect is Paul Newman. Yeah, it was mine. It's mine too. I have one more favorite aspect. It's the uh, it's the man with no eyes. I like that whole aspect. The cinematography they use with it, just the sunglasses. It's a cool part of the movie. I turned to Megan like three times. I'm like, man, that's the type of role I was made to play. You don't talk at all. You don't do anything. I mean, yes. he holds so much power and he doesn't do anything. I mean, the the actor himself. I mean, maybe he does, but it doesn't seem like it. You fear him the whole time, right? You're like, that's, it's you it's honestly like guy. the first time people are like, hey guys, we can shoot, uh, we we can shoot into somebody's can into somebody's uh, sunglasses, and it's gonna look awesome. Um, yeah. So there we go. Moving on to unverified. 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 Should we just start with maybe like the awards this movie is one? Just uh, so we did allude to this. This is a classic movie. It's not just like a cult classic. Uh, it was up for a few Oscars, I believe five, maybe. Uh, Paul Newman was up. He did not win, uh, but uh, best supporting actor went to George Kennedy, who played Dragline. There's actually uh, um, an interesting fact about George Kennedy, who played Dragline. He took mm-hmm. out a five thousand dollar ad for himself um like in billboards and magazines and it's that picture mm-hmm. where he's holding up luke at the end of the movie and it just says i'm that guy and he he campaigned for himself <laughs> to win best supporting actor and because of that he did he was surprised he didn't think it would work so he didn't have a speech prepared whatsoever <laughs> that's, he won of, the, that's kind of awesome it's like mitch trubisky he won the uh mvp <laughs> that's true it is like mitch trubisky <laughs> Uh, this is kind of fun. You know the road tarring scene where they're going really fast. Yeah. Uh, they actually did just uh, do a mile long stretch for the county. They did a like an a, an actual like oh they road just job legitimately on it. like legitimate yeah they just legitimately oh did shit it. really you know yeah, what it's about a mile stretch of road to film maybe uh maybe more movies should do practical work. You know what I mean? You got all that <laughs> like crew there. Work. Yeah, just something. I want to go that back seems to the such like a 
a, like a small town thing to do. Be like, yeah, you can film here, boys. Uh, <laughs> gonna have to work you gotta, a little. You, you gotta have to tar the road. <laughs> yeah, we'll tar, yeah, you gotta tar the road. Some speed. They would have had to. They would have had to fill that gap and connect the two roadways, or at least taken some people to work on the bus. That, that no, because <laughs> in uh, in big towns like in big cities like that, Chicago, LA, you can just say it's gonna be finished in 2024, and everyone's like, <laughs> "Oh, excited!" And then 2024 happens, and it's still fucking construction. You it's know what happens un- though? Behind schedule. Once one of those big construction areas gets done after 20 years or however long it takes, once it's done, you're like, "Oh, this is nice. Maybe not worth it. Yeah, quite a bit but nicer." That's the problem. That's the problem. You're just like, "This is nice." <laughs> Okay, I do I do want to bring up back the award mm-hmm. season um, because right. you would think, oh, how did how did Paul Newman not win best best lead or best actor? Nineteen sixty eight is one of those just crazy classic years. So mm-hmm. he lost. Um, the winner was actually Rod Steger from In the Heat of the Night. There's a big uh, Sidney Poitier quote quote from that movie. But listen to this. Outside of that, it's it's weird. The Oscars sometimes end up being like. The person who won it, you don't remember that movie as much. So, mm-hmm. losers were Warren Beatty for Bonnie and Clyde, Dustin Hoffman for The Graduate, okay. pretty big, Paul pretty big. Newman for Cool Hand Luke, and Spencer pretty Tracy huge. for Guess Who's Coming to Get Dinner. Just, All huge. Just a loaded <laughs> yeah. year. Uh, I just have a question for you guys first. How many eggs do you think they used on set to film the hard-boiled egg scene? Like, how many they, like through the shots they took paul newman only actually ate eight eggs uh but through editing they made it obviously look like a lot more and he didn't put eat like chew every single one that went in his mouth but they provided 200 hard-boiled eggs and uh the crew ended up just the the cast and crew ended up finishing all of them that day and apparently the next day it led to an extreme case of flatulence for everyone involved in filming yeah that's not a fun that's not a fun thing for the crew to be going down like no, it's not. <laughs> but they finished all. Hey guys, we got eggs. all these eggs. They've been sitting around all day. If you want to have at it. Well, what's crazy is that like Paul Newman only ate eight, right? Out of the two hundred. Um, the fight scene took, I mm-hmm. believe, like three days to shoot between Luke and a uh, drag line. Um, not because it was like a stunt heavy thing, but the studio demanded that the director and the cinematographer captured. Paul Newman's blue eyes in so many scenes are like, no, no, you guys got to give me more of that blue eyes. So it took much longer than it should have. And I guess it was worth it for us. I get it, though. Yeah. Worth it. Completely worth it. So the opening scene where Paul Newman's cutting off the uh, the the heads of the parking meters, uh, that was in Lottie, California. And uh, the city actually never replaced those. Or uh, I think they might have now, but for years they just kept it as a tourist attraction of like, oh, this is the spot where he uh, took them off. I love shit like that. Yeah, they kept it for like a few years like that, just like with no heads on the parking meters. They became free parking spots. Yeah, that too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I'm about That's a to no-toe care, zone. What I'm about to compare it to is a little more than a couple parking meters, but ain't nothing going to bring down the field of dreams. <laughs> they built a bigger stadium there. Um, the infamous car wash scene. Um, mm-hmm. On set, the director did not want the cast to see their wives or girlfriends so they had a all male set so it's like the nba bubble it is like the nba bubble except i believe they (laughs) brought in women and uh strippers um but the the actress the actress that was watching the car in her memoirs said she didn't even realize until the screening of the movie that it was going to be so sexualized Mm -hmm. and to that i say 
Yeah, you did. She rubbed her boobs on the window. She knew it was going to be. Yes, she did. I got to agree with Luke's comments. Uh, she knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, uh, Joy Harmon uh, almost turned down the role. Not Again, she says not because of the over-sexualization of the scene, but because apparently right before it, uh, the director uh, and well, the filmmakers in general, they wanted her to smoke weed beforehand because they thought it would get her in like the right mood for the mindset i guess for the scene and she refused and they said fine just do it without being stoned so <laughs> i can tell you what if that was me and i got stoned i would just watch the car real slowly and be like oh god i'm just making mistakes <laughs> it wouldn't be sexy uh apparently she was not used in that scene uh the director just had the i mean it was just they were shot on different days so the the crew's reaction is actually to a i i read a 15 year old girl yeah i read it was a 15 year old girl like in a petticoat just like a stand-in the fact that she was 15, I don't think yeah. matters. It's weird. It makes it more seem weird because of the way they reacted. Yeah. And I heard that the the scene was yeah. very cold and like, yeah, it sucks shooting that because we had to have our shirts off and pretend it was in the South or wherever. Did you find out where um, hmm. the movie's supposed to be set in? Based off the movie, what, what would you say it's set in? Mm-hmm. I, don't I know, Alabama, Texas. Kentucky, so the movie is set know, in Florida, but it was filmed in California. And that's why it doesn't look like Florida at all. Huh. Uh, so the scene where Luke plays Plastic Jesus, uh, it's just, it's the song that Paul Newman's playing when his mom dies. Uh, Paul Newman insisted on actually learning the instrument, but it took him a long time to, to learn it. So they had to reshoot a few different times where they even tried to shoot it, but he just couldn't get it down. And then finally it was on the last day where they had to go back and get it. And after Paul Newman's take that's in the movie, he said... Uh, wait, we can do that one more time. And then Rosenberg said, print, nobody can do it better. And apparently that's, that's the famous story of how that got in. Um, I'll say it here. We'll talk about the quote, but, um, the famous quote, Mm -hmm. what we've got here is a failure to communicate is number 11 all time on AFI top 100 quotes. Uh, so we've talked about this, uh, before, but, uh, Morgan Woodward, he plays the, the intimidating boss with the sunglasses, uh, boss Godfrey. Uh, he actually originally had a bunch of lines in the movie, but the director, Stuart Rosenberg, did, felt that the voice didn't match up for the intimidation of this character. So they cut all the lines except for the one line he still had was, Luke, fetch the rifle. And otherwise, I mean, they pretty much kept him silent because his voice was stupid. But it did add, I mean, a huge amount of like, tense intimidation. Yeah, think of, I mean, think of all the other guards. He would have just been one of them. And now he's an iconic movie. Yeah, he just character. would have been an... Uh, I bet he went to that movie and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> How, I don't know how I do not know this, but mm-hmm. uh, the consumption of the 50 eggs was repeated in Jack's, Jackass 2001 episode oh. on MTV. Yeah, Apparently they tried to eat 50 like eggs. This. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to look um, it up after this. So. I bet it's real gross. Um, it, I mean, you can't be able to get past. I'll, I'll wait to the next this, category. Uh, Nobody this, can eat this 50 is, eggs. Uh, this is more just for my, myself. Um you know the song mm. "When My Time Comes" by Dawes. Have you ever seen the music video for it? They just straight for up parody ago, Cool yeah. Hand Luke, and they do a pretty good job. The funny thing is that yeah, they got oh, like really? so the band are like all the prisoners, and then they have a kid playing the Luke part. But it's pretty good. You guys should check it out. I do have just a funny uh, non-credited person who's in there though. Uh, the role of the sheriff is uncredited. Uh, Rance Howard. That's the father of uh, Ron and Clint Howard. Oh, nice. 
He's just the sheriff in this that just like comes in. Oh, working TV actor back in the day, and I think did uh, Western TV shows. So uh, this one's kind of funny. This is the last thing about the infamous car wash scene. But in an interview, uh, George Kennedy said how that iconic car wash scene was supposed to be one day of shooting, and it went on to three. I'm not sure if Jordan said this or not. Uh, but somewhere there's eighty thousand feet of film with Joy Harmon washing that car. Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty predatorial, and I'm sure in 1967 it was even worse. Um, the writer of the script, Don Pierce, um, was an ex-convict. He was a merchant marine, and he got thrown in prison in France for counterfeiting money or something like that. Um, he <laughs> sold the script for $80,000 and got uh, an additional $15,000 to write the screenplay. So he's- I'm not... Am I... Am I mistaken, but this was this based off a novel originally, too? And then this was like an adaptation? I'm not uh, sure of that, but I thought I read that somewhere. Oh, yeah. Sorry. He wrote the book called Cool Hand Luke. It was published okay. in 65, and he sold it to Warner Brothers for $80,000. But then he also got $15,000 to write the script. Back then. Well, I don't want to do the inflation, but that's pretty nice. There's, he's saying that he once ate, the screenwriter ate 50 boiled eggs for a bet in his time in prison. Huh. For in an hour, that's the whole thing. That I don't know. Yeah, um, but that's all I got. Uh, this one's a huge one. I mean, it's a classic movie. It was it was an Oscar nom and winner. So if there's anything cool, old Hollywood stories that we're missing, uh, make sure you write in on social media under the movie posters and let us know some cool facts about this movie. Uh, we're gonna move on to questions, comments, animosities. Questions, comments. This is just kind of like a throwaway question, but you kind of wonder what the parking meters was about at the beginning. He says it was like he was just score settling an old score, but I wonder what that was about. Local cops? I said the same. I had the same comment. Like, what, what are we doing there? What are we doing there, Paul? I I get like a drunk and disorderly for him being like kind of angry about the war, but it seems like he should have been doing I don't know, just being belligerent or something. I don't know. Well, he's still like cool and likable, so you don't want him being too big of a dick off Can the bat. Can you I guess. believe he got two years for that though? That is pretty. That is my. Did he resist animosity. arrest? Did I miss that? Because no, seems like he went pretty. Seems like he was smiling and jovial, jovial and charming. I mean, he might have done like six blocks worth of those, but it looked like he just did about five. Uh, but there. they don't show the, like the straw of houses he burned on the way to like the parking <laughs> meters. Um, the one one thing I'll maybe even say on that though is like with those. I think those parking meters are technically like federal property, so it might just be a. Federal fence, so an automatic just one of like, those things. Big, yeah, just an automatic like big thing, like a mailbox. Don't it, mess with it's it. It's definitely like a, a fuck you to the big man. So I, I, I love that that trope. Well, that's um, that's so one of the reoccurring themes. It's I don't know if his intent was to stick it to the man by chopping down a federal climb, but he obviously has um, something against authority. It was it was satisfying to see those those uh, meters mm. come down though. That really sure took was. time. Sure was. I wouldn't even have thought. I think somebody says it later on. I was like, I've never seen that before. I think it was the warden. And it is kind of crazy how many he got before anyone drove by and noticed. I mean, granted, it's small town. It's back in the day, so this is a little bit of unverified, but um, they could be kind of talking about how it was to be African American in the '60s. Nuanced. Uh, there, there are some tropes that that alluded to maybe it's a, about like black america in the oh 60s. they were making like social commentary that it's unfair sentencing and stuff like that Some someone brought up 
a point and it was like oh like i could see that but who i mean who knows uh so this is a this is a comment animosity just about me i'm forgetting a lot of the rules on night one and spending the night in the box i'll remember like three of the 20 he said but who i'm gonna spend the first month of the box them clothes got laundry numbers on them you remember the number and you always wear the ones that has your number any man forgets this number spends a night in the box here are your spoons this is your fucking spoon <laughs> If you forget the fucking spoon, you spend a night in the box. Animosity about that spoon. <laughs> I do not want to have that spoon on me at all times. Who's keeping tabs on my spoon? <laughs> Who's keeping tabs on my spoon? <laughs> I think there's a parody of it in The Simpsons. Just just that brief cadence of the rules, like that'll mm-hmm. get you the box. When uh, Lisa and and Bart go to go the to old that folks military home. school. Oh, never mind. I thought it was the military school. And it's school. Jasper's like that's a paddling. Oh, oh, better believe that's a paddling. <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know what you can do. I don't know what you can do to uh, not end up in the box, but the, only the goon ends up in the box on the first night. Oh, the smoking yeah. prone in bed. Like, you must have both feet on the floor if you're going to be smoking in bed. Any man who smokes <laughs> in the prone position spends a night. Yeah, that's an old timey rule. I have a, I have a, I have a big question about Luke, but I don't know if I want to like waste it right off the bat. Yeah, Whatever, I mean, I'll do you can it. Go for it. I respect his uh, stick it to the man authority, to the authority, and his will to be free. But should he have just stopped running? I he mean, only he, had two years. He, he shouldn't have started. That he only had two years. That's that's honestly my over my overall biggest animosity question with the movie. It's like, why in the first place? Like. I, I mean, it seems like it was just because they're like, hey, you can't go to your mom's funeral and we're going to lock you up because you might run. That he's like, I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to kind of thing. Is that what I'm supposed to get out of that? Well, do you guys think you're going to you think you're going to tame a stallion? You can't tame a stallion, oh, can you? They did. Oh, they broke me. You can't fake yeah, that. Broke yeah. him. He says that. They broke, that was oh, part they, broke of the, they broke him, but like he still. But he can't be broke, but he can be caught and murdered. <laughs> Well, okay, so it got confusing at the end with uh, his relationship with God and authority. But do you think that in the moment where his mom visits in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. was he essentially saying, I'm never going to make it out of here? He was Were saying, they both I, I, saying that? No, he was saying, I'm never going to see you. She's going to be dead before I get out kind of thing. Like, this is the last time we see each other. But with the way the movie plays out, was he kind of saying his goodbye? Like, you'll never see me because I'll never get out of here alive. No, no, not okay. by that point. No, because I, he didn't have that breaking point until his mom died, and then until they treated him so poorly at right after. Did she say that like he was his? He was her favorite child, essentially, like John yeah. Boy, like in I front of the, yep, right in front of the other one, the, the the young one, right? Yeah, but that guy didn't. He knew he wasn't. I the mean, one. he drove her ass there, <laughs> kept feeding her cigarettes and let her car put, for put her in the back of the truck. On. Which, by the way, cool truck setup. Cool, cool. I didn't nice. hate it. It's a big wheelchair. Didn't hate essentially. it. Didn't hate it. Did not hate it. Good situation. Was that weed like, or tobacco? I wondered it, at, at the beginning tobacco. the way she was smoking. But the okay, first one, but like every, everybody was rolling their old bowlies back then. No, you know? but like we were like then people were handing out like actual cigarettes. She was like smoking like a looked like a big fat doobie. Is what I. Thought I kind of thought she was smoking a joint at first because of the way she smoked it so slowly and how much she laughed, but it could have just been a cigarette. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I could go either way by the look of it, but I would, I, I mean, I'm guessing just because she's in front of the prison that it's just a cigarette. This was like a, a funny, just trope about the movie. Just like, uh, boss, 
smoking boss. <laughs> just smoking about, boss. About to, about to have a cigarette or like about to take my shirt off. Like take it off, boss. Take it off, boss. Take it off. Take it off. Put them uh, on, boss. Put them on. Put them on. Okay, I'm, I'm taking this bit a little back. Yeah, I'm more in there in the movie, but you kind of said this before that everyone was very tan. But I, I mean, I almost question this. Like, shouldn't everyone be way more burnt and way more dark? Like, they are shirtless in the south. They're every oiled. Day. Didn't every you see them? They're oiled. They're oiled sweaty. They're tan, sweaty. Though. They are pretty They're sweaty. Tan, but like, everyone should be. Oddly I don't know. Tan. I don't know if it's the the type of film stock they shot on in the fifties and sixties. I know Technicolor was a thing, mm-hmm. or if movie stars actually tanned more nowadays. People, I guess, know about skin cancer or whatever, but True. noticeably, movie stars in the fifties and sixties are so much more tan than your average movie star nowadays. It just it seems deliberate. It can't all be makeup. I'm sure they put a lot of makeup on them, but I always did wonder that. I mean, it seems like they were just getting more sudden, doing less protective. I mean, that protection, that makes sense. I want to talk about George Kennedy, who played Dragline, his, like, second-in-command, his real good friend there. Oscar-winning uh, George Kennedy. Supporting actor, Oscar-winning George Kennedy. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it was a slow build for me to like his character and to get past whatever his accent was, but it, he grows on you. Yeah, he I really didn't does. like him much in the beginning, but by the end, you're really feeling for him. It was... It was sad, sad as shit. It was yeah. just sad. Man, I haven't seen Fox and the Hound in a while, but that's about as sad as Fox and the Hound, I felt <laughs> like. He, I'm he, like he, only, he only had a couple years. If I would have hopped in the truck, everything probably would have been pretty cool. <sighs> what's, inter- what's interesting about um, these prison movies is they're, it, it's such a, a bonding experience. It's almost like a war movie, but it seems like friendships bond stronger in prison movies. They are. I was going to make a comment on that. They are very similar. One, because you have a big group of characters that usually have a one-name, one nickname kind of thing. Uh, but the only biggest difference is usually also, it's set in one place. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's a, it, it is prison. But I suppose prison movies, much like war movies, is since you're in war and in prison, there's a lack of love interest and female interest so true and it's either bond or go crazy and they tend to be dealing with the same like high high stress high emotion kind of yeah it's, scenarios. A, it's a common it's a common thing during the visiting scene there's like two guys jump roping i don't know if you guys noticed it but they're just like jump rope oh <laughs> yeah i do because i did have a comment with that they're jumping <laughs> they're jump roping with a chain if they fuck up so oh, are they whipped in the head with the chain you can hear it going <laughs> clink clink Clink, and then it does end with like someone getting hit in the ankle, kind of like oh ow, but like that's a chain. So you know, like parent, like uh, maybe like Grandparents Day, like your elementary school. Maybe some parents, you know, some mm-hmm. parents can't come. I imagine mm-hmm. that those guys are the parents who can't come to visiting day. They're just they're jump roping together, jump roping in front, exactly. Which, which brings me I to like a comment. Come anyway, if if you kind of take away the danger and the hard labor. This prison's a whole lot like a fun camp, you know? You guys, you get to play poker, you have fun shenanigans in the bunks together. The downside is there's a lot of rules and you spend the night in the box. But, I mean, it's not that bad. I was just going to say, I love the uh, the road tarring scene. But, like, mm. if they finished at 5.30 when they're supposed to work till 9 or whatever, like, the hours were, like, you're probably still going to have, like, another job to do, right? Yeah. Oh, I imagine then the bosses would be like, cool, now we're turning this corner and hitting this stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're exactly. way ahead of schedule. Yeah, we're not just The like- only thing I could, the only way I thought they could get out of the work is like, well, there's, unless they have a CB radio, there's no cell phone, so... That guy was just there to to tar one road. That that scene's essentially the roof scene in Shawshank when they're sharing the coke. Yeah. 
Also, I uh, don't understand what tarring is. Why were they throwing great dirt on fucking it? scene. You, you, That's you, such a good you, scene. You tar the road to get like you know compact and put and stabilize it, but then you still put gravel on it's it. It's still a, just a dirt road, but yeah, they put tar on it. Yeah, you just do that to condense it and keep it together. Okay, question to you guys. Out of the hard labor they did, they dug ditches, they whacked the whacked the grass away, they built a road, right. and then Paul yep. Newman did just dig holes. Which would you rather do for your uh, prison hard labor? It seems like out of the ones, the like the, the grass ditch ones. whacking is the best. The scythe. I mean, it seems awful. That. Yeah, yeah, the weed whacking. Scythe. Yeah, the road one seemed like fun camaraderie. I'll say that much. Yeah, but prior to that camaraderie, they did not say they didn't. They didn't seem like they were in for a good day. No. I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I don't know if anybody agreed <laughs> on the fact that like if the job was done, that like we're just done working. Like I think we find another job to do. And more importantly on that, if I'm a guard that's like not maybe in this like inner circle, like, hey guys, I didn't agree to jog and do this super hard and fast. Like, hey, hey, I don't know what you got. I don't know what they're doing. I'm working my pace. I'm working my pace here on this side of the road. I think you understand though that you're like, uh oh, I gotta go fast. Otherwise <laughs> They're gonna beat me to death I, with shovels. They're gonna beat me to they're gonna beat me in the face with a baseball bat. Oh, also, this kind of might answer some of our questions about Luke's choices in the end of the movies. I think he might have in real life suffered some CTE and brain damage from taking, I don't know, 400 hits to the head and just getting back up. You can't just do that. He seems fine later that night, but he would be in bed for a week with like a headache. Yeah, he would. (laughs) He just got hit in the face quite a bit. I mean, I guess people were just built to stronger stuff back then. But I guess the crazy thing is I did wonder about that fight. So Luke, we assume he won the fight because he never quit, right? He stayed mm-hmm. in the center and Dragline walked away. How he did won. he not get knocked out? Yeah, it how seems d- like just after a while, you just your brain can't take. You would be knocked out. Dragline was just like keeping him on the edge, just uh, bopping him in the nose. <laughs> like, oh fuck, you're just making him bleed. Come on, just knock him out. Like, let's be done with this. Why didn't it? I mean, I guess the guards are evil, and we know that by the end. But like, Jesus, someone sh- someone should have stopped that. Even oh, the guards like, car- so- someone should stop this. You you should stop. They this. all looked like they wanted to, but I, I guess they were the guards. Was like, I guess. It's what they do. It's their weekend. It's Saturday. Also, that is kind of like, stop, just like, don't get up. We we didn't bring that up, but that is just kind of crazy. The fact that the prison just has fight day. Just, hey, and if you have any problems, I I like that that goes between two things. There's no grab ass and or fighting. We save those for Saturday. You can grab ass. There's also a, does that mean there's a grab ass option too? Like me and John are here to grab ass in the circle. I think a lot of those white collar, like they were making fun of the white collar prisoners. They were in their grab ass. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm led to believe. Oh, I did forget. Um, Harry Dean Stanton's in this movie. You may recognize him as well. He's uh, in another really good prison movie. Is in Green Mile. He's the old janitor. He's the guy that mm. plays the guitar in a lot of these scenes. He's kind of a country western singer and actor. He's uh, good friends with um, who smokes a lot of weed. Willie Nelson. They're, dr- Willie they're Nelson. drinking and smoking buddies. And what's crazy nice. is I, I looked at him in this movie. I'm like, man. That's like 30 he years looks- from when I saw him, and he looks old now. Mm. Because if you drink heavy your whole life and sit out in the sun and play country western music, you're going to age poorly. He died in 2017, so he lived for a long time. Cool guy. Cool guy. Cool guy. Harry Dean Stanton. Did I already bring up the uh, big old-time boxing gloves? Just comparing them to like the big old-time football shoulder pads. Like Those are <laughs> awesome. Just like anything, anything oversized that we just eventually slim down. Yeah, with padding like that, you could get punched in the, f- you get punched in the <laughs> yeah, face I, for a day. Those look like Mario gloves. I mean, what are we doing here? We're just, Apparently, they're just like sock and boppets or whatever their names yeah, are Yeah, that's now. a sock and bopper for sure. Uh, how many eggs do you think you could eat hard-boiled? 
I don't like hard boiled let's, eggs. Let's preface this. Could you eat fifty eggs in an hour? No. Oh, fuck no. No, I don't know. Could we That's why I'm saying it? how many Hold can on. you eat? Let me ask you this. Could we three split fifty eggs in an hour? Probably, yeah. Because I think I could do somewhere. I mean, if we're all doing like fifteen ish or like ten. Yeah, what's the math there? That's like so I have I have a, I have a question. Hard boiled eggs, I don't know. Sixteen and a half. I think if you scramble them up, we could do fifty eggs. I don't know. You Ooh, can't scramble. Fi- fi- scrambled eggs. I think I think, eat, I think I it'd be hard to eat that that dense yolk. Mm. I think that'd it be would, the hardest texture, part. It would it would get a little tiring after a while, and just I feel like my mouth would get coated. Yeah, and yolk. Give me a give me a nice poached egg. Yeah, maybe. I have sift 50 sunny side up eggs here. You just have to eat as many helpings as you can. Okay, so that's an iconic scene. I do want to bring up one important part of that. It, mm-hmm. When they're going over the the uh, the stipulations of the bet, the one guy right at the end, I don't know the character's name, is like, there's a caveat. You can't throw up. I'm like, ooh, that's a good caveat, my main man. That's how you get I your money taken... back. I would have taken it in a laxative and just eaten over a toilet and just continuously <laughs> shit them out. And that's how I would have done it. Honestly, uh, God, when they were handing him that bottle, I thought that's what they were doing. Like, you can't loop at the track kind of thing. I thought he was just going to eat and shit. So if I had 20 bucks on him on the under, like him fucking puking, I'd be pissed at the last 10 seconds where, where fucking dragline is like just like chomping, is basically like chewing for him. Yeah, like, I, I think that dragline pretty much hustled people to an extent but he could do that because he's going to beat the shit out of him on saturdays true <laughs> oh i, did, I actually the do have a question things. this did confuse me did uh dragline and luke essentially just loan back the money to everybody they just kind of gave back people's money it did kind of seem well uh, or he said he, well he did allude like oh luke's as mean as like a something though so maybe they didn't yeah there was a part where like i'm not sure if yeah. he did or not the- I mean, I think they did, though, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, because they were kind of alluding that, like, I mean, he obviously just did that for the fun of it. He's lifting everybody's spirits. He's taking on all their shit, kind of, don't put that on me, or whatever he <laughs> says when he gets out of bed. This is a random thought I just had, but, like, the beginning where uh, the new guys come in, and he's like, yeah, I'll give you a dollar. Like, there's there's this job where you just sweep instead of shovel. I'm not going to lie to you. I would fall for that. I may not go up to the me guard. Me too. I may not I've go up to the guard, but I'd be like, yeah, I'll give you a dollar. I just came from the outside. <laughs> I just sounds like this is going to be awful. After the first time the guard was like, no, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to pick up a shovel, though. Okay, I wouldn't just push. said that way. And then All I'd right. go up to the guy, just gave a dollar, it's like, hey, could I get my dollar back? And then I'd like end up, you know, get the shit beat out of me. <laughs> just, it, catches you up to speed. it catches you up to speed on kind of the uh, the gang that's already at the, at the jail. You know, like, yeah, I mean, kind of like you inside. always got to have those in those like uh, war movies, prison movies. You yes. got to have those fresh meat. They yeah. got to get in the real shit. I was Correct. surprised yeah. in the time that they were there. I, I do believe more characters came and new prisoners, but it was tough for me to tell how long Luke had been in there. Mm, agreed. And like when the newbies came, you know, it was a little, it was a little hard to. I would say under two years. Yeah, I mean, and then Fuck, he two but, years, like, but he extended his prison sentence for two years. Yeah, just chill, knows. chill the fuck out, dude. Like two the, years, right? The first time he just, ran had to be at least a year into his sentence. Yeah, or at least a few months in. At least, I mean, you have like a year and four months to go. I just be cool behavior, hand Luke for two not. years. <laughs> my my heart broke for uh, his, his sidekick. When he's like, oh, when you escape from here, you don't do shit and you just get caught. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, question. Uh, this is like an honest question. Sorry. 
Was Harvey Keitel in this movie? And if not, who is that super ripped, hairy guy that looks like Harvey Keitel? It's not Harvey Keitel. He'd be way too old. I don't know who yeah, it was. I didn't I think, think it he... matched up age-wise. It looks but... like him. I mean, you're saying that that's Harvey Keitel the way you know him to look like in 1993 in 1967, though. Yeah, that was my problem with it. I was like, who's this Harry Wolf man, and is he related to Harvey Maybe it's Keitel? Harvey Keitel's, like, dad or something. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. But uh, terrifyingly hairy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think this is the earliest prison movie or it's the most realistic um, depiction. I know, like, Escape from Alcatraz came out around here. But it definitely seems like this is one of the movies that influenced so many later on prison movies, especially dramatic ones. Would you agree with that? It it, yeah, it got quite a bit of tropes some... in there. Yeah, I would agree with that. So I don't know if it's the the original, but it's definitely an important one. The in Grid the Escape may have came before this. Yeah, I think it did. Um, and there there definitely are other like prison movies before this. And there's there's so sort of there's so up. many similarities between this and The Great Escape, and I won't go into them because we might talk about it in our Mount Rushmore. I do want to check out mm-hmm. when that movie came out. Uh, while you look that up, just one class, last little animosity for me. Kind of just feel bad for the dogs. I mean, they aren't inherently evil. They're just they're just trying to find trying to find Luke. Yeah, I would say that's oh, more of an the, owner problem if ASPCA. you let it run. Yeah, yeah. we've got Peter here. Hold on. It does seem like the dog guy maybe should. Have, I think they do just call him Hey Dog Man. Do they call him Dog Man? I do believe they call him Dog Man. I think that's kind of Dog Man's fault, but he didn't seem like the brightest. Um, because it's still the '60s and they're it's it's much more modern than movies from the 40s or 50s like mm-hmm. a lot more realistic the tone of it is a lot more playful than a lot of prison movies in the modern era it still seems like there's not even though luke uh, dies in the end it doesn't seem like the violence is real in it yet mm, that's true i mean because again it seems more like a camp where it's just like you know there's that's nazi true. camp counselor kind of vibe going on okay i did have one final question before we go um and I really, I really thought about this, this viewing. Did it seem like Luke had a death wish? He wanted to die. No, no. Uh, kind, uh, no. He he wanted to see how far he could just go. I mean, they told him they were going to kill him if he did it again. I mean, he knew the stakes when he ran the last time. Well, okay, then if if he was just pushing boundaries, did he real did he really think he was going to ever escape? Or did he, was he just a character that I know he says I'd never thought about more than like so many minutes ahead of time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do you think yeah. that's true? To an, yeah, I think it is. I think he was just is that's why he keeps getting in trouble. He's just flying by the seat of his pants and making big bold mistakes. He's literally just a cage animal that doesn't know any better he he, he can't find any elbow room stallion. in this world okay can't find any other okay. room jordan but i'm not sure that, i mean he, I, he had to know he was gonna die but i mean the way he's still kind of being playful i'm not sure if he exactly knew but he was right at get the shot end of the movie the window. R- no i don't know yeah, i don't he, think he was expecting to get shot through the window there is that, I, if that's what you're asking no no i, I think he I thought he was gonna get shot coming out the front door i don't think anybody thought no he was, no I, I don't think anybody thought he was gonna get shot though including the the warden and the other guards or the dog man they all do look at that I guy think like they are, were all caught off guard by that really in the moment and I don't think a lot of them wanted him to get killed Is that why the prison guard is taking him just as is it a cover up is this a cover up are we assuming Oh I don't know no I don't think you got to cover anything up We'll take the... him he's ours now I think just back you know then how... you can do anything you want you know 
You know how yeah, the guy okay. with the dog like came like, oh, he shot Blue, like brought him up to the porch and like flopped him down like, oh, here's Blue. We do the same thing with um with Luke. Oh, here's Luke. We brought him back. Flop. I don't know. It is a very sad ending. I guess maybe realistic, but they do save you. They they give you that smile montage, and you're like, oh, it's okay. That smile montage at the end really is nice, man. I'm not that is lie. that is some, some one of my favorite aspects. Yeah, I brought that up. That is a much needed sugar and a sour sour lemonade. Just some sweetness <laughs> to to make it palatable. Don't worry, Jordan. He has the legacy of the smoothest guy in a roadside prison. <laughs> yeah, in a prison of ten people just digging ditches that nobody will ever remember. No. My God, was he beautiful? Oh, I did. I did have one actual question mm-hmm. um, that I forgot to ask. Shoot. Do you think? And it's tough because I, I, I know him as a movie star, but do you think Paul Newman is respected as an actor and a good-looking person, like a movie star? Yeah, I think so. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen too much of Paul Newman's work. Uh, to I mean, to be honest, so I can't say a lot. But I mean, I, I knew him as a household like movie star. I know. I think that there's some people, though, that are too good looking to get respected. Maybe like George Clooney when he was younger, but then aged into getting better roles that fit him. It seems like there's a lot of similarities between the two of them. And then it seems like there's some people that are like Brad Pitt, who aren't the best actors, but as they age, there's more like gravitas and wisdom to the role just by the nature of them being older. I see what you're saying. I I, I kind of get that. I mean, I could see him falling into that category. I I don't know enough for me to actually kind of bounce off of, but I mean, obviously, I he was nominated for Oscars and stuff like that, and won. And mm-hmm. I think he had a lot to do with, you know, the inside the actor studio. I think he had yeah. a lot to do with setting that up. Setting that up, yeah. Um, was a big I do know. Actor. I do know that uh, he did petition really hard to get this role, just because he wanted to take something that maybe wasn't as like tight type cast for him and he wanted something a little more challenging so i know he also did do a lot of work uh just perfecting his accent he tried learning the banjo didn't quite get there but so i know <laughs> I that the this was tough right i mean i assume like learning any instrument is hard but i mean it did seem like he he put the work in to break the mold of what you're kind of trying to say to get into those yeah. more serious roles and get the respect and it was an oscar nominated role so i guess the real answer is that sometimes when you're as good looking as him you get pigeonholed and you have to break through true right? or just, just or just kind of age age out of it that's true aging like, out of it does help until you're just like a rugged handsome wise character that's true and then i mean this is still in the prime of his career but i mean i know him as a as an old man character actor i mean what was he in um road to perdition isn't he the the mob boss in that that's one of his later roles in life oh shit is it yeah you're gonna think it's uh what's his name who's the von trap dad but it's not Hmm. Interesting. I mean, for how often we talk about it, you think I would remember that off the top of my head? Yeah, but he's pretty old at that point. Oh, there is a trickle-down uh, thing. So, to your point, um, Paul Newman fought for this role pretty hard, right? He right. was uh, very vocal as a celebrity in being anti-the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. That uh, Richard Nixon had a list of like enemies of his, and Paul Newman, I believe, got as high as like 13 on that list. That's kind of cool. For movies I mean, like this that... and... That's like a cool way to be on like a enemy of the president's kind of list. Or I guess it wouldn't have been too hard in the Trump era, but you know, something of that, <laughs> something of that caliber being on the list is pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I got. I'm sure I missed yeah, some awesome. things. 
Oh, I'm also out. I don't feel like we talked enough about the car washing scene, but it happened. You saw it. And- I mean, we kind of just didn't unverified. Obviously, it's an iconic scene, and it's you know an overly sexualized just thing. Just kind of getting. I mean, it's a prison. It's a prison movie. I didn't, but I could on the spot. If you I just wanted to be Marilyn Monroe. That's it. Oh. Um, she she was, if, I think, dead by now. But if I were uh, if I were to remake this movie in the '90s, I'd probably just use the uh, the good old tune of "Tub Thumping" from. Uh, <laughs> I get knocked down. Oh. I get up again. You never gonna <laughs> keep me down. I get knocked. that's just that's just what plays through the whole scene. It's the motif, if you will. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to somebody that that's the only physical non-burn CD I've ever bought. So camera doesn't like it, but I, I, don't know, I thought it was funny. Preaching of the, what, choir the Chumbawamba. Here. Yeah, I, I got some it. Chumbawamba something. Love it. All right, moving on to recasting. Uh, recasting. 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 Boss Godfrey. That's the the sunglasses, no eyes guy. I did something interesting. Who'd you do? I went Clint Eastwood. Okay, that makes Ooh, sense. Like Just that. so that like an old well, one, yeah. well, interesting because he's mostly sunglasses because he does have like the stare kind of thing. But I guess it's yep. his grimace too. It's the rest yeah, the of grimace. His face. Yeah, correct. What was yours? Um, I did. I it's funny. He used. I would do a version where he got to keep his lines in. I did Michael Wincott. He's the bad guy from uh, Three Musketeers that has the voice and just has that that evil stare and then that sharp jaw. He just looks evil, kind of. Plays you evil. almost need that kind of like a sharp jaw. Looks like you've been smoking for sixty years, type of thing. Stern. Um, Stern. I'm going Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Okay. He could play any of those guards. I bet that Works. makes sense. Seems a little, yeah. You didn't, you didn't have that. You just pulled that, so that's that's good. Just pulled it. Just pulled uh, it. Good pull. Did anybody pull. have a car? The bit, the the like the, the bunk guard that always wears white. Uh, Eli Eli Wallach. Uh, what's he in? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, no, I know what you're talking about. Just a stern uh, kind I like of that. could be a stern warden type of type of character. Uh, my car. I just did. I do this a lot. John Goodman. He's a big guy. He's southern. He can be stern. He can be jolly. I love that. That's good. I thought about him there. Yeah. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Now, is that guy a prisoner that was promoted to worker? Or is he just a worker? No, he's just like low scale. He's just a nonviolent worker. He got in on the betting, though. Oh, they, well, so, I mean, you got to sleep somewhere. So, like, at, uh, you'll have, like, security guards at prison. Or, like, that's true. That's true. Give you some Turn a little bit of blind eye. Yeah. Yeah, I got corrupt. you. Everybody's corrupt. He, he's employee. He's employee, though. Oh, trickle down. Like, this movie made me want a nice ice cold bottle of Coke. Hmm. Just did. Captain, I don't have a great one. Cameron, just do yours because it seems like you have uh, a good just, one. Just quick throwaway because I don't think anyone else had this. Uh, Arletta, the mom, I just throw away. I put Kathy Bates there. I don't know. A, a casting what if for the mom was um, Bet Davis. Yeah, I read Betty Davis was up for this, but uh, just said no. Said no. I don't know. She got Betty Davis. Davis. Uh, Captain, I have two. So who wants to go first just in case I steal one? I'll this go first. It seems like you thought about it more. I went Marlon Brando. Okay. I mean, that's Ooh, a huge Ooh, that name. would have been great. Like old Marlon Brando, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, I want Philip Seymour Hoffman mainly because of the voice. It's Capote voice, and yeah. he could do it. He could do a little bit of that. I get he that. came up in my mind somewhere in this movie. I don't think it was that character, but he came up in my mind like that he would be in this movie. It, it would have been maybe... great to see him in a prison movie. Yes. I have two. Yes. 
The first one's Ben Garza. He plays the villain in Roadhouse. He's just the boss that owns like that little town. I'm not okay. hugely in love with that, but Doug Hutchinson, he plays Percy in the Green Mile, that Weasley little one. Now he looks oh. a little older, and he has that he has a high voice, and he's southern. He has a case yeah. like, oh, of like old man babyface kind little of. Percy. Little Percy. He Who could be that. He could be the warden. Oh, I kind of – this was a trickle-down question I had, but with the famous quote, what we have is a failure to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's weird when big quotes like that aren't at very pinnacle moments of the movie, which he this dies. one wasn't. No, the last one I get was, but I feel like the way I hear oh, it is from one. the wardens. And that was just kind of in the middle of the sentence. It's weird how big quotes like that can just be at away. not pinnacle moments of the movie, although it ended up weird. being at the end. Uh, who do we have for drag uh, drag line? I'll go first because I haven't talked and I don't feel like it's the greatest one, but I could not see it. His name is Bill F- Fagerbach. Fagerbach. Hold on, I really okay. So it's the it's Coach's bumbling good friend and the M O O N from the original stand. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I thought about him. I don't know what his voice is, but I just I love that guy. He would have brought a little. He would have brought in something different to the role. A little more guess, lighthearted. A little more innocent lightheartedness. More simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought he'd be the perfect Lenny in my sub in of my Men. Oh, I also did a young. So I did for my two main roles a modern actor and a classic actor. Mm-hmm. I thought Robert Mitchum for the classic actor. He's in. Um, Tear, what the hell is this? Dread Tear. Anyway, whatever. Robert Mitchum, if you're out there listening, that's a pretty good recasting for a classic. My first one would be Ed Harris. Okay. Ooh, I like that. I, I almost, I almost like too. him as a prison guard, maybe more. Just he always plays stern things. I don't know. I for for kind of a lookalike, I did Kevin Ty. He plays Snyder from the Newsies. The I will get you back to the refuge. That guy. Oh, you mean John Voight's like cousin? Is it? No, I don't know, but they look alike. <laughs> Yeah. What a pull that is. Uh, then I did Fred Ward. Fred Ward. We did him in a movie. He was in, is he in Tremors? Roadhouse? He's in Tremors, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I love Fred Ward. He, I, I feel like, missed out a lot of roles because Burt Reynolds existed. Mm-hmm. But if Burt Reynolds didn't, I feel like Fred Ward would have gotten some more roles. Uh, but the real, but the drag line I like better is David Morris. We've done it before. He does a lot of Stephen King ones. He's the tall guard in Green Mile. Um, he's also oh, yeah. in the Langoliers. He plays that, Brutus. Yeah, he plays that Shia LaBeouf movie too, Disturbia. I think he'd be really good at it. He's in your what favorite parts name? of Atlantis. True. I like it. David Moore. Yeah, I do like that guy as an actor quite a bit. Uh, Luke's. Who do we got? Um, I'll go first. I have two. Okay. Um, I did a classic one, and I did a modern one. So for the classic one, I did James Dean, but it might be two on the too nose steamy, just of... too cool. Okay. Um, of course, in my head, um, Steve McQueen came up, but that's just because um, Great Escape exists. Mm-hmm. But modern day, I actually think this is a great Ryan gosling role i was actually gonna maybe say that when you were talking about how silent he is that's not who i put i put matthew mcconaughey because he's just smooth and southern and chill oh uh, that, that might work and he's well. a big actor nowadays uh yeah actually that, i'm gonna stick with that one but ryan gosling for someone who i try to nominate a lot i think he works here i like that well, you guys both went new school because i have like a bunch of old school that, that oh nice what old school did you do uh steve mcqueen is an easy shoe in for this yeah mm-hmm. James Dean, 
Also, easy shoe in for this. I agree with both of those. I almost thought about um, Chris Plummer. Oh, Chris Plummer's no, the other guy. That's, that's who works. I I I thought you were confusing the old uh, Paul Newman for. What do you think about George Clooney? I think you're thinking maybe maybe now Just too maybe much now, too but brother not, where not aren't thou and I I have someone for you who you keep trying to throw out. What actually about Mel Gibson? Yeah, I actually think Mel Gibson could do this. I know he's disgraced and yeah. I mean, obviously he's problematic now, but like uh, that around around signs, maybe a little younger actually. So I don't I don't know if it could work in the 1967 version of this movie, but if you made this movie in 1947, mm-hmm. I would love to see Cary Grant in it. Oh, be, I think fun. it'd be fucking awesome. <laughs> it'd be maybe like a screwball comedy version of this, but I think it would work. Uh, should we move on to Mount Rushmore top four? Mount Rushmore top four. Mount Rushmore, top four. Top Let's four. do it. Uh, it doesn't seem that we've ever done our top four of our favorite prison movies, so that's what we're doing this week. Uh, we're just going to break it off for you. Each of us are going to go and list our top four, and then we'll break it down and talk about prison movies. This is uh, a fun one. I'm not sure how we have uh, never done like a top four prison movies, but there's I'm a, There's a lot to choose from. There's There was a lot. A lot, yeah. Agreed. Um, um, my four is Escape from Alcatraz, Clint Eastwood, my three is The Great Escape, um, Steve McQueen, Shawshank Redemption, Tim Robbins, and The Green Mile, Tom Hanks. I do have some similars, but I'm going to have a caveat with mine. Now that I did anything weird, I'm just going to say I was honest with mine, and I kind of put like not necessarily like what movies I've seen the most, kind of. So I know sure. that some of the, I know that some of these sure. are classic and should be, should be on the list, but just to be honest to myself, I put my number four as Holes with Shia LaBeouf. Hold on, are you uh, trying to say I'm I'm pandering? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I'm saying that that's a great list. You pick classics, and I stop. I what I had pretty much the same list, but I tried to throw Hole, some fun in there. I'll be honest. Holes at four is amazing. Sorry, exactly. Go on though. Holes is number four. My number three is Con Air. Go back and see our Con Air. Oh. My number, my number two is Green Mile, and my number one is Shawshank. I could have switched those two though, but I no, nah, no, nah, actually, I'm pretty fine with that. Jordan, what's your list? Well, I'll get that this out of the way. Um, I am pandering right now and a little <laughs> recency bias. Okay. Number four, I put. Cool Hand Luke, but it's because I just watched it. You, you've talked about this movie quite a bit before us doing it, so I, it would fit on your list. Okay. Um, and then none of these will be a surprise. Number three is Con Air. Number two is Green Mile. And number one is Shawshank Redemption. Okay, so pretty similar. But in all honesty, I might like Green Mile more than Shawshank Redemption. I think it's I just do. The I, I've seen Shawshank so many more times, it's hard to say. Green Mile like is, is amazing. It's so good. Green Mile might be, but I, I love that movie so much. Uh, here's something that kept popping up on a list that you're going to like, Jordan, and I wanted to put it on, but because it doesn't entirely take place in uh, prison, The Count of Monte Cristo was on a lot of people's pri- That is a pretty pivotal that prison That is some time. good prison time. Um, oh, I do love yeah, that. I know you do. <laughs> Chicken Run, which is also basically like a version of uh, The Great yeah. Escape. The Longest Yard, let's not forget that. Uh, there's two. I so mean, which I did. I did put. Even talk I did about, put you know? both. I put both longest yards on them. I like them both. Just to get in a fun franchise and horror thing, Alien Three takes place on a prison planet. It's uh, not my favorite Alien, but uh, fits the category. I do want to say, Mark, I did have The Great Escape as honorable mention, and I might have put it there. I love The Great movie. Escape was was my number four, but then I took it off to be honest and put holes there. I watched that this past fall. I mean, it is a a marathon to watch, just like kind of these Paul Newman type of esque movies are, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're, they are so gratifying. They're, they're, um, it's a really good 
it's it's fun to watch these type of movies. There's another classic one I recommend if you like this and um uh what was the last one? We Esca- were Great about. Escape, Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, The Great Escape. It's called Bridge Over the River Kwai. It's it's really good. It's another Prisoner of War movie. I would check that one out if you like this and The Great Escape. Uh Prisoner of War, Unbroken also, more recent. Yeah. I I've honestly never seen Escape from Alcatraz, but I want to sometimes. I have sure I've seen scenes of it, but I haven't so actually good. seen it in a sitting, so I, uh, that has been on my list though, something to get to. What about uh, um, Cameron? You, uh, this movie, I'll, I'm going to say a quote. Guess the movie. Damn, we're mm-hmm. in a tight spot. Oh, um, uh, brother, is that oh, a, brother, is that we're a out movie? Again, again, George Clooney. He's charming, man. He's funny. He actually has funny time. So good, so good. No, I, I think uh, George yeah, Clooney that's a prison is. escape just... movie. So I'll, I'll say that fits in there. Yeah, yeah, that may, that counts. Um, I had one that's like kind of borderline a prison movie, mm-hmm. but I'm still going to consider it. It's one flew over the cuckooness because I think they're essentially. Oh, I did want to talk about. They're not like I did want to talk about prisoners. this in um, question comment. These are very similar movies. It's the same kind of antagonist character that's just fighting the system, and in the yeah. end, he dies. They're very similar. And like stories. all the all these movies came out around the same time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bonnie and Clyde is similar to this. This is similar to that in the way that. You fight the man and you lose. Uh, the last thing I have is an un- honorable mention, and that's Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio. That movie was predictable, and I hated it. Yeah, I saw the Goonies on a, a couple lists. Mm, they break out of prison. <laughs> that's in the a stretch. They do break out of prison. That's a, right, that's at the not beginning, a prison yes. movie. That's an that's an adventure movie. Yeah, there. That's a that's a cave movie, if anything. Man, The Rock. I mean, some of these are a little less like like they're kind of sneaking into Alcatraz there. So I wasn't sure about that. It, so there's a whole genre like of the like Blues prison. Brothers. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we can't yeah, just, we can't just include every fucking movie here. Yeah. Um. There's Assault on Precinct 13. There's an original and a remake that almost made my list. This is the last thing. I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it for the family and the guff. I saw Les Mis show up on a lot I of these prison movies. I did see movies. Les Mis show up, too. I also saw Red Dawn show up once. And I think they just mean the prisoner camps, uh, but I don't think that quite I counts. Guess. That doesn't count. Yeah. Um, it is such a good genre, a rich genre of movies. You can make action, dramatic, and comedy prison movies. It's such a weird thing. Thanks for listening to our take on Cool Hand Luke. If you like what you heard, make sure you like and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Uh, also, you remember to share. We are just a small grassroots podcast, so any help you can do is greatly appreciated. You can find us at Cult Classics Pod on social media, and you can write in your movie request to cultclassicspodcast at gmail.com. Thank week. you. Boink. Boink.